There are few days like today when it comes to the football season. When your fantasy team is about to be picked, it's no holds barred. We are going full throttle into it here on the Sunday Card Fantasy Football Extravaganza and a special presentation. Because for the first time ever, we get to do the Sunday Card Fantasy Mock Draft. Show Dan Zapata, Maddie Ice, Maddie C, Matt Silver, the King Louie, the Lemon Pepper Lou, the Producer Lou, Mr. Lou Paracone is in the building, gentlemen. Maddie, this is your baby, man. This is it. The best time of year is fantasy draft. Christmas in August, it's Christmas in early September. I mean, it's the best part of the fantasy season. It is where you create the core of your team and what will let you down from Sundays from here for the rest of the season. Uh, it is the best part of the fantasy season. And one of the better parts is just football season. It's just especially like, you know, we've got our home league. We've been in a league with these with our buddies from college for this is eight years now. And it's like, it means so much. And it's so important just for bragging rights and just talking crap with with your buddies and it's i love it i love it so much i get get teary-eyed the road the road to king commission's demise begins now because as me and lou know as former champions of this league the goal is always don't let the commission win you know you you just can't let the commission win it's just part of the deal hello (laughs) hello ladies and gentlemen hello dan hello matt Uh, as dan knows the goal at the beginning of the year is to not let the commission put his name on that trophy. You just get to rub it in another extra year. Just ha ha, go get my name on that trophy. You don't get to put yours. It's fantastic. It's lovely. I love fantasy season. I steal all of your draft picks. But tonight, we've we've mixed it up a little bit. We already know where we're going to be picking in our own draft. So we're, we can't give each other strategies. So it's going to be a little a little mix up, a little mix up. Right. We had a really cool Royal Rumble style draft lottery pick, which was very, very interesting and awesome, which I loved. Um, And we all got our picks, but we are not picking from our picks in our actual leagues. Today, we'll be picking from different spots. Before we get into that, Maddie, I know you're harping to get on us for making sure that you don't win your league, but I know you wanted to give some little tips and tricks about how fantasy drafts should go. Yeah, I just think you got to have a little bit of a plan. Some people, again, some people like to just show up, use whatever platform is, you know, you're running on your computer, whether it's Sleeper, ESPN, Yahoo. I highly recommend Sleeper to everybody. I forced our league to do it five years ago. It's the best thing we've done. But you just go and you just, you're a slave to the ADP. It's just who's the next guy available that I like the name. And I just think that there's a little bit of extra preparation you could do going into your fantasy drafts so you can get the guys that you want. Uh, we've got a couple, just a couple tips here. I got three. I, I love using tiered rankings. I've said this on this show before, and I'm sure you've seen it around tiered rankings. Instead of having that list of just one through 200 players, 
where you, you end up just kind of falling into, well, this guy's ranked higher, so he's clearly better. But if you look at, you know, projections as far as fantasy points go and what the stats will be for the season, and there's a million sites and a million different people who put these out, sometimes a lot of these guys are all within 10 points of each other, which is all, you know, this statted out projection that if one touchdown goes away from one guy, one goes away from this next guy, they're all the same. There's not that much of a difference. And there could be two to three rounds of value in between them. So sometimes you end up taking that guy in the fourth when he's really not that different than that wide receiver in the sixth, um, based on just a couple things here and there for the season. So it, it helps you prioritize. Okay. We're running out of running backs in this spot that I like. I need an RB two, and there's only one guy left that I really got to get him now versus there's a bunch of wide receivers I like. Or sometimes you're like, I really feel like I need to get that running back. But you know what? There's a couple guys here that I don't need to take. You know, Cam Akers coming up right here. I, I like, the, you know, there's a guy next round that I think is going to make it back to me. So using tier-based uh, rankings, I think, helps so much more than just that master 200 list of every position. Sort them position by position. Have your quarterbacks ranked, running backs ranked, wide receiver, tight end, and so on. Uh, Dan, you want to go? Let's alternate pick. Let's alternate yeah, yeah, so I, think, I don't I want to so. talk forever. Well, no, it's good. And I think that one's important because there is so much strategy this year, especially into the debate. Have receivers overtaken running backs as your first round pick? Where do you where do you tier those specific running backs versus the specific receivers? Because we've known that over the last few years in fantasy, typically receivers are just going to outscore most running backs. Not all, but on average more. Uh, I think one of the things that I always like to go into a draft doing is knowing who I'm drafting against. I think if you know your league, if you know your buddy is just going to show up and listen to a podcast or bring a, a, a an old magazine uh, to to the draft as his as his reference, that can really be manipulated if you really know what you're doing. If you know that you've got somebody that you know, is a, is let's just say they're a Bears fan or something and they really want Justin Fields and you know that he that, that they might be inclined to take him right before you, that can really give you some advantages on getting players and kind of baiting people into taking certain players. Lou, I know you're smiling at me thinking about this because we've done this a million times, but I think knowing who you're drafting against, specifically with us three in it, I know we all know, feel like, you know, we know what we're doing. We know there's people in our draft that maybe are a little less, you know, studious in this. So I think knowing who you're drafting against is super, super important to take advantage of that. Well, Dan, you know, you got to remember sometimes that people just show up to the draft with a magazine they've never seen before and they win the league. Sometimes that's, that's true. Sometimes that's how it goes. You got to let the draft come to you. That's my principle. I'm just letting you know right now. Sometimes people get too smart. They get too big headed. They let these players fly by because they think, oh, well, a, a specific running back ran the hell out of the ball last year, and now he's going to be running to the ground. No, take him. He scores touchdowns. Let the draft come to you. Don't get too smart. Don't have too many beverages. That's the number one. That's a, that's a big one. All right. <laughs> let the draft come to you. Let it flow. All right. And if you don't feel good, make trades. Okay. And watch the waiver wire. All right. That's Very the true. truth. And so the people that do think they're too smart, trade with them. That's the real principle. Oh, right? I like that. I like that. So go ahead. Matt. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I like, you know, t letting the draft come to you and you have to leave a little bit of margin. You know, we all have players that we like more so than others, but if there's a guy that ends up falling 
you know, a round or two past ADP, you have to leave a, a, a margin of error for yourself that like, I don't know what's going to happen this season. And there's, there's maybe a possible opportunity here to take advantage of this guy. So at the end, it's hard sometimes because then you're like, I didn't like this guy and I got suckered into taking him. And then when he does end up failing on, you're like, I didn't like this guy in the offseason at all. Why did I end up grabbing him? But you got to evaluate as you come to. And that's kind of my my next point is just have a little bit of a plan, especially if you know where you're picking with, you know, some lead up time to the draft. We know two weeks ahead of time. Um, have a plan, but don't be so rigid to that plan. After the first two or three rounds, you know, OK, uh, I'm going in and I'm definitely waiting on taking quarterback this year. But then you're in the fourth round and like Josh Allen's still there. And, you know, that's when you have to take advantage of that value. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm avoiding, like I said, Dan, I, I'm, I'm targeting wide receivers early. But then that running back falls to you at the, your two, three turn that you thought there was no chance he was going to make it back to you. So you have to be fluid, have a plan, have an idea of what you want, but don't be so stuck on it that I'm definitely taking a wide receiver first round. I'm definitely taking a running back second round. You got to be able to move and flow as the draft comes to you. No question about it. I think uh, an important thing that you're pointing out to is you have to find the value in the player, right? I mean, if Josh Allen is at the end of the third round for you, like that really should be a smash auto play. And, and we can get deeper into that once we start the mock draft. But it's it's plays like that where you may not expect and you may say, hey, I was going to draft a running back after I drafted a, a receiver and and maybe a tight end like a Mark Andrews or a Travis Kelsey. You know, like if, if, if that was your case, but if you've got one of those – big time quarterbacks available. Absolutely. I think that's the case. I want to make one more point on, on something that I like to do specifically is I am so big on drafting people that are undervalued, that have huge upside because they're young. I think that that is a huge thing for me, especially guys that rookie running backs, second year running back, second year wide receivers, like guys like that, that are poised for breakouts. The thing that wins you fantasy championships, you can get to the playoffs Things that win you fantasy championships are getting guys that have huge upside because that upside, typically, if it fails, it's not really failing that big. But if it works, it is a monster, monster separator into what could lead you to a fantasy championship. So you're talking about those second year guys, you know, Lou, I know you got a big receiver on the Jets. That's a second year guy that people are going to target. You've got you've got plenty of plenty of dudes out there that you can research and say that's why we did a lot of this roster breakdown is saying hey who are these guys stats wise we didn't just do it for the nfl portion the football portion and the picks portion we did it for the fantasy portion too because those yards and those targets really add up especially if you're in a full ppr league those targets and receptions and and uh and, and attempts really add up yeah i mean that that leads like right into my last point that i wanted to say was um you know you need to add. You need to take risks in the in your fantasy draft. You can't just play the take the guy who you're like, yeah, I know that he's good for sixty receptions and nine hundred yards. Like that's not going to do it. But you have to take him at the right time. You know, the first three four rounds, you need to avoid risks. Those are your high value. You need to make sure you have guys that are solidified in their role, solidified their opportunity. But after you get out of you know round five, you're starting to get into. A, a, a gray area where we don't know it's a lot of guys in positional battles or um like you said we're opportunity strikes so teams you want to target players stepping in um where there's vacated targets from somebody who's not on the team last year you know there's there's this many targets to go around and we had a guy with 100 targets that's off this team that's not there anymore uh running i mean running back rooms especially 
shake up all the time. I mean, we know how much running backs can change between injury um, and just guys losing their juice after the first couple of years. And that's, I mean, we've seen that kind of, you know, it's relating not only to just the NFL contract situation where guys aren't valuing them, like they're not as valued in, in fantasy anymore because there's, we're not, we don't have bell cow running backs left and right anymore. These things change as, as you get the hot hand or someone's a little banged up with a high ankle sprain, the other guy's going to get work behind them. It's all about volume and opportunity. Uh, volume more so with the running back uh, position and then opportunity um, kind of at, at the wide receiver position. So taking some of those chances later in the draft, you're going to have the ability to target the waiver wire. You're going to have the ability to make trades like Lewis saying. So secure those, those bell cows and those locked and loaded guys at the top, but take some chances at the end of your drafts, take some chances. I can't wait to, to talk about some of the guys that we're going to take chances on here because this is going to be very exciting. So without further ado, why don't we, begin with starting this mock draft Lou is going to draft at the one one spot at the turn on the second and third so that should be a lot of fun I am going to draft right down smack in the middle at 1.5 and then work my way on that fifth spot and Maddie's going to go 1.8 and then work his way around in the snake we're doing a 10 team half PPR league so apologies to those of you doing 12 team if you're not doing half PPR I don't know what you're doing at this point right Matt yeah, I was going to say, that's another thing we could talk about. I mean, our league, we are 10 teams. I know some people will say it's like weak or whatever. I don't really care. But we do. We we have no kickers. If you Write a letter to your commissioner if you have a kicker in your league. So please just, I mean, we try and make fantasy. Like, you have at least like to have a little bit of a guess when you're starting running backs and wide receivers. Kickers is the roulette wheel. It is the crapshoot of fantasy football. We got rid of them. Um, and then 10-team league. So we have a shorter bench. We only got five bench spots instead of that. Keep the waiver wire uh bulky and flowing but this is what we're used to and absolutely half ppr i think P- full ppr is a little too unbalanced for i mean you guys guys you know julian edelman getting seven catches for 35 yards that shouldn't be a 10 point week that makes yeah. more sense as like a nice seven point week. that's an interesting choice of player anyway um <laughs> yeah I, I liked it though i liked it uh we are gonna get started though right away again gentlemen if we need to talk about somebody that you absolutely have to have Please feel free to hit that button and let's go after it. Lewis, you're on the clock, my friend. Let's begin. Gentlemen. Three, two, one. Oh, oh we're starting right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, there we go. Hey, okay. Listen, we could talk about it. We could throw up names. It's either Justin Jefferson, Mr. Gritty himself, or Chris McCaffrey, mm. unless you like Jamar Chase. But the question about Jamar Chase is how injured is Joe Burrow? So with the 1-1, we're going to go with the best wide receiver in football, Justin Jefferson. Uh, Justin Jefferson is the pick here. Uh, right after that, interesting enough, I think that's pretty obvious, Justin Jefferson definitely going uh, right in that area, one or two slot, maybe even three slot. Those top four picks are interesting. Number two goes Travis Kelsey, three is Christian McCaffrey, and four is Cooper Cup. Uh, so I've got a pretty interesting choice here. Um, between two players. This is a tough one to me. Uh, I got to take the upside of just a player that I feel like is really, really special. I- I'm going to take Austin Eckler here above Jamar Chase. So I'm going to add in Austin Eckler. Kind of in a surprise. I like the target share. I know that might be a surprise to Maddie, uh, but I've been targeting Austin Eckler as like one or two in my in my drafts typically here. So Austin Eckler will be my pick. After that goes Tyreek Hill and Jamar Chase goes at number seven, which is insane in this draft. So um, don't think that'll happen. But, Maddie, you are on the clock at number eight. 
Yeah, I mean, talk about all-time unrealistic expectations if I was able to get Jamar Chase out of the eight spot. I mean, there's no way that's ever happening. Uh, I mean, I, I argue I would probably, if I'm in loose spot, I might take Jamar Chase just for his touchdown upside. Uh, I understand the, the concerns about Burrow is definitely a little worrisome. Uh, you know, I can't knock if you go Jefferson or Chase, though, but he would be my preferred option. So I'm looking at a couple running backs at the top of the board here. I've got uh, rookie sensation Bijan Robinson, Saquon Barkley, and then I've still got two wide receivers at Diggs and Brown. I am normally targeting wide receiver in the first round, but seeing as only two have come off the board versus five wide receiver, four wide receivers already, I'm going to take and do a little Bijan experiment. I think in this, mm. in this uh, mock draft, I, I do think, you know, rookie running backs usually hit and, and you have a team that they took him top 10 in the NFL draft. You just don't see that happen with running backs. Now they are going to use him. And it's a team that ran the ball more than anybody last year in the NFL. We already know how we feel about Desmond Ritter on this show. I don't have a ton of faith that they are going to be letting him loose, throwing the ball 40 times a game. I think they are here to run the ball a ton. Uh, and I just, it feels almost impossible for Bijan to be a miss here. I think he's going to have uh, plenty of opportunity, uh, just opportunity out the wazoo, as you will, if you will. Uh, and I'm going to take him here in the first round. Awesome. Bijan Robinson. I, I agree with you. First round running backs, that our rookies typically really, really shine in fantasy. So that's something to keep in mind. If you're a little nervous about drafting a guy like Bijan or even Jameer Gibbs in the third, fourth round, just be aware that like guys that are drafted that high typically do pretty well. Saquon Barkley and Nick Chubb go next on the turn. It'll be Chubb and then Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown to team number nine. So Maddie, you're back on the clock again. He's got Bijan. Who else are you adding? So I think I'm going to attempt here again, my, my thought going into this, I really do like kind of going for a hero RB strategy, um, trying to avoid some of those risky running backs in the middle round. So I have my, my guy locked and loaded with Bijan at number one. So I am going to attack the wide receiver position. I think right here, as I have CD lamb and Devonte Adams staring me in the face. I think with the departure of Kellen Moore, the talk out of the Cowboys is they are going to be well running team. Uh, and run it down your throat. I don't necessarily know that they have the skill position. Tony Pollard's a great running back, but he's not necessarily a run it down your throat uh, 30 times a game kind of a player. So I just don't know what they're going to do about passing the ball as much in Dallas. Uh, I do think they take a step back. They aren't going to be running, uh, you know, number one points offense like they were the past few years under Kellen Moore. So I'm going to take Devontae Adams. I think that, mm. I mean, he is the only wide receiver last year that was the average ADP in the first round. Um, and we talk, you know, people are viewing Jimmy Garoppolo as a downgrade for him from Derek Carr. Like, it's not that big of a downgrade. We're not going to, it's not going from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. We're going from Derek Carr down to Jimmy Garoppolo, who, again, I said, I showed uh, some stats a few weeks ago that he is a more accurate passer. He might not throw it down the field as much, but I think that he is going to just lean on Devontae Adams to get open. He is still an elite talent, all of the touchdown upside in the world. So I'm going to take Devontae Adams here. Well, I think you mentioned. I think you mentioned that even Garoppolo had more air yards per throw than yes. Derek Carr over the last five years. So I think that's an interesting pick. Devontae Adams is going to be difficult for me because I think I would probably wait if he fell to me at the end of the second round. Then I would probably take him. He is going into year ten, and and that is one of the concerns. Not that Devontae Adams is going to have a huge drop-off because his drop-off is probably 1,000 yards or 1,100 yards if, if we're talking seriousness. But, you know, for your bang for your buck, I would be interested maybe in taking somebody else a little bit higher. 
And, and again, we said he had 180 targets last year and right. barely got over 100 catches. So that is, I mean, that is an abysmal catch rate. It is his lowest catch rate of his career by far, obviously, from mm-hmm. when he was playing with Rodgers. So if he goes back up closer to like a 60% catch rate, 62% catch rate, um, and even a little bit less targets, I, I think you're you're still looking at a great season. Not to mention we have stated how bad Derek Carr is in the red zone. So all those red zone opportunities were really going to Josh Jacobs last year. You actually might have Jimmy Garoppolo throwing more efficiently in the red zone this year to a big target like Devontae Adams. That could be agreed on that. So Devontae Adams and B. John Robinson for Maddie. Patrick Mahomes goes next. We're going to have to talk about these quarterback situation if something comes up here. Then Amon Ross St. Brown. That leaves me pretty easy choice here with me having Austin Eckler. I just think CeeDee Lamb here is, is too high of a value. I'm not really looking to go quarterback at this point yet. Uh, and I feel like I have a running back and CeeDee Lamb moving his way to the middle of the, the uh, second round. I still think there's plenty of upside for him to be able to, to be able to at least grab that 1,000, 1,100, 1,200 yards, and he's going to garner most of those catches as well. Um, so then Derrick Henry goes to team four, Jonathan Taylor, and then Josh Jacobs. Lewis, go for the turn, my brother, two and three. Here you go. Yeah, you're leaving me in a bit of a pickle here because now I'm at the turn, and I know I don't have a pick for a very, very long time. And although I already have Justin Jefferson at the one – so I'm going to snatch up my quarterback and Josh Allen because you want a top quarterback. I, normally, I wait for quarterbacks every year, and it has come as a disadvantage for the past three or four years now. Okay, I had Tom Brady last year. It did not work out. It, it's just I normally wait. I stack up on running backs, and it just has not worked out. So now we got to go with a new strategy, all right, especially on the turn. So I'm going to go even one deeper and because I'm the Jets fan. We're going to go Garrett Wilson, quarterback, receiver, receiver, okay? And that depends it. on the uh... – Yeah, sorry. No, Lou, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I just wanted to – I wanted to get in on that quarterback talk because I, I I think that's that's super important. Um, I agree. I think that's – we've said it in past years that, you know, you could wait on quarterback, you wait on quarterback. I think that there has been enough separation out of the elite at the elite at the top uh, with guys who can – are capable of throwing for, uh, you know, 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, and then are also going to contribute on the ground. I mean, Josh Allen, yeah, you know, throws the ball 450 times and he rushes for like 750 yards every year. And he's good for six rushing touchdowns every year as well. Jalen right. Hurts last year, we saw like we that goal line play is not going to go away with them punching it in from the one and his ability to get six to 10 rushing touchdowns on his own, as well as being able to throw the ball, throw the, for 30 on his own. Um, Mahomes is capable of throwing for 50 touchdowns. Uh, and, and you guys got guys like coming up here, like Lamar and Justin Fields and Justin Herbert that we all think are elite. I really do think this is the year you need to be targeting. I think it's right after those guys. I think right after Fields and Herbert, uh, those top six or seven guys, I, Trevor Lawrence is a bit of a, a topic for a debate. We might get to later in this one. But you really need to lock up because the the point differential week to week, uh, it just gives you such a high floor that you know you're going to be able to compete every week. And Matt, let me ask you a question real quick about top quarterbacks. To me personally, I think Mahomes is too expensive to be taking him that early in the second round. To me, I am all in on taking either Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts right at the turn in that third round. I think those two are really separated. I think Josh Allen would be number one quarterback that I would take for for me personally, even ahead of Mahomes. Uh, if they were both still available, just because of that rushing capability. What do you think is like, who's your top, top quarterback? 
I agree. I think I think early second for Mahomes is too much. I, I do. I love that Lou went with that at the at the turn. I think that that two three spot is a great time to land Allen or Hertz, um, along with securing you know two two positional spots. No, gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. I, I get it. I, you don't like him. He's the prince of darkness. I get it. You, you don't want to pick Mahomes. It's too early. No, he no, doesn't. He doesn't so have early. as much rushing upside. I mean, yeah, the, the rushing upside is not did, there. The oh, yeah. he did what he had yeah. last year is because he had uh, how many. Passing touchdowns did he have last year? He, he led the league in in three of the top five categories last yeah. season. He was he had ridiculous. Forty-one passing touchdowns. I, I it's like he, he also had fifty-two hundred yards. Was the only player to throw for five thousand yards last year. Yeah, he's you just know. he's just the best. It you you're it's like taking Travis Kelsey. It's the best tight end. It's the best quarterback. You just know what you're getting. So as much as I say, so where did he go here? He went at the one set or the two, three, whatever that is, two, yeah. four, right? Two, four. End of the second round makes sense, but he's got to go first, though. He is. I'll take Josh Allen, who last year was, uh, let's see, the past three years, quarterback two, quarterback one, quarterback one. Yeah. He's the most consistent quarterback in game fantasy football. I agree. He does, he's the whole show. Yeah, that's fine. But Stefan Diggs is mad at him, so you know. Well, we'll we'll see how that works out later on with, and especially in terms of PPR. Let's go next up. So Lewis' team is Justin Jefferson, Josh Allen, and Garrett Wilson. Not bad. Uh, Jalen Hurts goes next. Mark Andrews. That's somebody that is a very interesting person, possibly maybe to take in that third round. And then Jalen Waddle goes to Team Four. So I'm up. Uh, Austin Eckler and Ceedee Lamb. I feel like I'm kind of capped. With taking Tony Pollard here because I've already got CD Lamb, tough. I don't, I don't. I, that's a really hard thing for me to do because they're not necessarily in an offense that is is conducive to that. So again, I mentioned it before. I like guys with upside, and this guy I think is is maybe the most upside in the draft. I am going Chris Olave. I love Chris Olave in this draft. I, he is going to be a, a smash play if he is there for me in this draft in the third round. I am all over Chris Olave. I think the upside is there. I, I I think he was outpacing Garrett Wilson last year before he got hurt in the 15. I think because he played 15 games and Garrett Wilson played in, in 17. He was outpacing him uh, for fantasy in terms of receptions, in terms of yards, uh, in terms of yards per route run, which we'll get into that, uh, I'm sure, deep stat for you uh, with fantasy. But I like Chris Olave here to, to stack with CeeDee Lamb and Austin Eckler. Yeah, I think he's – I mean, talk about second-year wide receivers. Um, you know, he was – before before he was hurt, he was outpacing Garrett Wilson last year, uh, you know, b- before he was hurt. So I, I think that he easily could have won Offensive Rookie of the Year uh, if he had stayed healthy for the entire season. Uh, you know, Garrett Wilson's going a full, you know, eight picks ahead of him, you know, probably close to a round ahead of him. I think Olave with – you know, as much as I'm saying the, the move from Derek Carr – to Jimmy G isn't that big of a, you know, a, a downgrade going from uh, Andy Dalton slash Jameis Wilson to Derek Carr is a pretty significant upgrade, I think. Absolutely. So, uh, and not to mention that we, we saw it last year with uh, the way Carr targeted Adams and how he's targeted Waller previously. He kind of finds his guy and then targets the hell out of him. So I, I think Derek Carr ends up really relying on Chris Olave this year, uh, who can just get elite separation and is ready to, uh, he's one of my favorite picks in the third round. Big downfield threat as well. He gets a lot of yards per catch. Uh, Tony Pollard goes next. So I don't have to worry about that. Devontae Smith off the board, interestingly enough, uh, going at the team number seven. So, Maddie, you have Bijan, you have Devontae. Where are you going with your third-round pick? 
Yeah, that's tough. I did really want uh, – when Tony Pollard wasn't getting taken by you, I would have absolutely taken him. I think that he is one of the better. I think Tony Pollard is, if you want to go wide receiver in your first two picks, you have a legit chance at a top five running back with Tony Pollard in the third absolutely. round. Uh, so I think he's a massive target this year. Uh, you know, it's like – we were waiting for Tony Pollard to get unleashed in fantasy last year. He has a fantastic year last year. And now he's like going to the third round. Like this is the time, like we got to buy in. Like we, we finally had the pop. So uh, I love Tony Pollard this year. I am going to stick. I think that we are still capable to keep going with this zero or with this hero RB build around Bijan Robinson. I am looking at the top two, uh, the top wide receivers I have available to me are T Higgins and DK Metcalf. Uh, Debo Samuel. I think he's a little bit further down in ADP. I might be able to get him out on my turnaround if I wanted him, but I am going for DK Metcalf here. Okay. Uh, I, I know that we've had, you know, like a draft, obviously Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, you've got Tyler Lockett and, you know, but Geno Smith was the most efficient passer in the NFL last year. I mean, they are a, a pass heavy offense and DK, I think only had six touchdowns last year, which is by far a career low for me. Uh, you know, his first three years were seven touchdowns, 10 and 12, and he only had six last year. So I think that there is a great chance that uh, he, he gets back up in touchdowns. He's had 141 targets last year and was only able to finish as wide receiver 16. Uh, so I think I'm, you know, taking him here in the third round with a ton of chance for touchdown upside, which you could prioritize touchdowns a lot more in, in a half PPR standard where you're not getting the points for reception. So um in a half PPR, I want someone who's going to take touchdowns and I'm just not willing to take a secondary wide receiver and T Higgins over DK Metcalf. Okay. I, I can understand that. And I think DK would definitely be considered wide receiver one, especially with the Jackson Smith and Jigba injury yeah. now uh, with his wrist. Now you could definitely see a lot of upside towards DK Metcalf. There are still some really good running backs on this list uh, still available for you, Matt, because we just went through. So you've got Devonte Adams, DK Metcalf and Bijan. Travis Etienne goes next. Then on the turn, it goes T. Higgins and Najee Harris. Jameer Gibbs, the rookie out of Detroit, goes to Team 9. So you're back on the clock. I mean, this might be a smash play here. Here, Here's letting the draft come to you. I I, I was thinking wide receiver this whole way. I did not think Ramondre Stevenson would make it through Ah. the turn here, getting him early in the fourth round. Again, a lot of concerns about the goal line work getting stolen with Zeke, but – Ramondre was just that dude last year once Damian Harris got injured and he had the chance to take over the backfield. And when Harris was back, he didn't come back into play very much. Ramondre just took over that role. And again, we can only hope for Dan's sake that the Patriots offense is going to be a little bit better than they were last year. Uh, I I don't think it could be much worse. So I I like taking Ramondre here. You hope that he's not just the between the twenties guy, but pass catching, which is what you want in a running back. I mean, for getting a running back in the fourth round that could, I think, have upwards of 50 catches, Yeah, you know, 40, 40 to 50 catches, you know, as soon as you go over that 30 mark for a running back, you're at least getting some value out of that. So I think that he can easily hit that 30 mark and getting him in the in the fourth round, I think, is a steal here. I think Ramondre even missed a game or two, and Damian Harris also played in 10 games. So he's got a ton of upside. He's only in his third year. He's really, really – he's one of my top targets yeah. for sure. I, I don't know what I'm saying. You can catch 30. I mean, he caught 69 balls last year. Yeah, Ramondre 69, Stevens. Balls. 69 yeah. balls. I mean, he can he, he, he can get to that. Maybe they're not dumping it off to him quite as much this year, but 50 to 60 catches for Ramondre Stevenson, I think, is in the books. And they're in an RPO. They're in a lot of RPO. So that, that could be interesting to see how they utilize him. Uh, okay. 
Brees Hall, I'm sorry, Kenneth Walker goes next, and then Brees Hall. Another two more sophomore running backs that are kind of interesting pieces. I think Brees Hall's lost a little bit of the shine because of Dalvin Cook. Uh, but Kenneth Walker seems like the guy in Seattle, so that's an interesting player to go right after you. Yeah, so these are the running backs that we're starting to get into. Ramondre fell, but this is where we do have multiple backs that can be competing in here, and this is where you start to get in what you might call the RB dead zone of maybe not wanting to take a risk on some of these foggy backfields and go with more of your your pass catchers, uh, you, you know, get your tight end, your quarterback in these next couple of rounds. Well, thanks for mentioning pass catching backs then, because to me, I, I know I got a couple of nice quarterbacks here that are available, but again, I think the price is too high it's still at the fourth round for these next quarterbacks. So I'm relying on old reliable. I know you think I don't like them, but for fantasy purposes, I like him. I'm drafting Joe Mixon right here. I'm going Joe Mixon. Yes, the pass catching has been better. I do think as a fantasy player, he has a ton of upside. I definitely think that. Uh, And I think he doesn't really have any competition behind him. So the volume that the Bengals are going to do with passing the ball, the the running game, he's going to be first, second, probably third down, two back. They're going to get a lot of work in in the red zone as well. I'm a huge fan of Joe Mixon. Uh, I'm going to take him to supplement Austin Eckler at that running back position. Uh, I'll let you comment on that if you want to in a second. Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow go right after that. And then Aaron Jones is an interesting guy uh, going in the fourth round here as well. Matt, any comment on Joe Mix? Yeah, I, I ton of upset, obviously, you know, great offense. We think they're going to score a ton of points. And as you mentioned, I mean, Samaji Piran's out of town. Samaji yeah. Piran had 38 catches on, on 50 targets last year. And Joe Mixon already caught 60 balls himself. So I think he's going to catch the ball a ton this year. Uh, He was very streaky last year, had a lot of, you know, had this one five touchdown a week where he did score the majority of his points. But uh, like I said, talk about a guy that has no competition in his backfield. I love Joe Mixon. No question about it. Lewis, you're on the turn. He's got Justin Jefferson. He's got Josh Allen. He's got Garrett Wilson. Need a little green in that box there with running backs. You know, we do. We do. But guess what? We're not going to. All right. It's a wide receiver league now, don't you understand? And we're going to take okay. a flyer on the old Calvin Ridley out in Jacksonville. I like that. All right. Top flight guy, top flight risk and reward, okay? That's what we're doing. And then at the end there, yes, we got to get a little bit of green. We need a little running back. We're going to go with a heavy running offense because the rest of them stink. Damian Pierce out of Houston mm. will be our running back. I already know you're going to take Justin Herbert with your next pick. I, I can already see the writing on the wall. Matt's going to take uh, probably Trevor Lawrence at the end of that, if not Justin Fields. So, yeah, I, I see the uh, the strategy of the gentleman waiting on the quarterbacks. Yes, they're hoping our draft goes this way. It's not going to. It's not going to. I, I let you know now. But, yes, we're, uh, again, like I said, I got three receivers, a quarterback, and one running back. We're taking value. We're taking uh, you know, You know, you talk about value, Matt. Damian Pierce is a great back to take. If you're stacking receivers in your first three or four rounds, I think that's a really good back to have considering the upside. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you want guys that have low competition uh, and the talk out of camp and and everything that you've seen uh, in preseason games is that he's playing every single snap with the starters. I mean, he is playing like 95% of snaps with the starters. uh, And and he was, that's kind of where he was last year. You know, you maybe worry about Devin Singletary coming in, who's an okay back, but I think they're really committed to Damian Pierce this year. And we, we've talked about how much we love the Texans, what they've done to their old line. I think that I think mm-hmm. that running game is going to be really what they lean on with the rookie C.J. Stroud. So, I, again, getting him 
when you already are locking in some serious wide receiver value, I think that's, uh, you know, he's a good guy to target in a zero RB strategy. Debo Samuel and Terry McLaurin go next, followed by TJ Hawkinson, one of the first tight ends we've had in a couple of rounds here. So at this fifth spot, what am I doing here? I've got Joe Mixon. I've got two receivers. I've got two running backs. I could maybe think about quarterback here, but to me, I'm going to take some upside with somebody else. I, I, again, I, 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 I've gone with a lot of over-reliable guys, and I'm going to go with one more. I think this guy truly is now officially an underrated player, uh, but he's been productive his entire career, and I think that he'll be the number one target on this team. I'm going to Mari Cooper. Mari Cooper is going to be my spot pick on uh, from Cleveland. I, I like his upside again. He has consistently been <laughs> there. You go at a thousand yards. Uh, typically, every year he's been around, and I know that he's kind of quietly been pushed to the side. But yet, last year with Jacoby Brissett, he was really good. I need him to be good with Deshaun Watson, though, because when Deshaun Watson was on the field last year, his fantasy numbers took a real dive. So I'm I'm betting on Deshaun Watson getting back to form a little bit more. So maybe not all the way back, but getting back to to at least respectable, maybe even Pro Bowler status, and Amari Cooper benefiting from that. I, I just will say, I mean, you were looking at Amari Cooper and Keenan Allen, and when you're talking about over-reliable, I didn't think you were talking about anybody besides Keenan Allen there. I mean, again, a, a pass-heavy offense that we think is going to be, I think is going to be better this year and be more efficient. I mean, you got the guy that's been running the number one point-scoring offense, calling the offense there now, and Kellen Moore, uh, and, and a guy in, who's just heavy, heavy target volume in in Keenan Allen. Um, he's good for 100 catches, 1,000 yards every single year. I think Cooper is a little bit more on the touchdown variable. I could see the upside there, and Keenan Allen's never going to be that double-digit touchdown guy. But, I, I mean, Keenan Allen there, for me, I think he's he's one of my favorite values as well. Interesting. Um, I'm, I am very interested you went Cooper there. Over field. Well, and you I, know, I'm, part of the reason, too, was because I did have Austin Eckler. And I, and oh, I, okay. didn't, yeah. I didn't necessarily want to tie those two together. Um, so Amari Cooper is, is going to be not necessarily settled. What do you think about tying running backs and, and receivers together? What do you think about that? I, I know that there are studies up there, like there's things up there that your, your, your variable is, is heavier. You know, all of a sudden the chargers have a bad game and now you've got two guys on your team that are having a bad week versus just having one. Uh, there's also the old adage that, you know, these players don't know that they play on your fantasy team. It does not affect them at all. So, you know, they're, they're good players. They will score for your team. They will score for other teams, but I do know it can, there are some studies and stats out there for uh, the real Brainiacs that it does affect your weekly scoring a little bit uh, more. So it makes you a little more volatile versus, you know, saying, okay, I'm not putting all of my eggs in the basket for this one team. But if there was a team to do it, it's, it's the chargers, it's, you know, the Bengals, it's, these yeah. really, really high point scoring teams that I would be more than okay with taking top options at multiple positions. Well, Keenan Allen did go right before you, but and right before that was your boy Justin Fields. So sorry about that, Matt. I can't take that. But sounds like you're pretty happy with this next pick. Look, I mean, again, so this is the full strategy this year. I mean, I'm I am targeting in that fifth round, I'm targeting Fields and Justin Herbert because I think that they're the two guys that can take the jump from what you might call tier two or maybe tier three of quarterbacks. I think that tier one quarterbacks are Mahomes, Hertz, and Allen. And 
I think that these two guys are the most primed to be able to jump up and play at that level and to take, you know, that's where you're going to win these margins of fantasy football, where if I can get fan, uh, you know, Justin Fields two rounds after Jalen hurts and he can return just a similar value. Um, that's where I'm making up points week to week in my league. So I wanted one, Justin, I will settle for another Justin. Uh, I'm not in a spot I've got, you know, I mean, great. I, I also think again, I'm talking up Kellen Moore. He doesn't have quite the rushing upside, but I think Justin Herbert could throw for 5,000 yards and 40 t- touchdowns this year. He, you know, mm-hmm. the touchdowns didn't come for Herbert last year. I think he only had 25, 28, 26. Yes. Yeah, like, it, was, it was low. So um, that's really at 25. You were, it, it just didn't come through, but I think that that can absolutely go up this year. So I will take Justin Herbert. I'm not in a, in a position to wait as teams nine and 10 around the turn don't have a quarterback. And I don't think he comes back to me. So I'm taking him right here. And the other thing, Justin Herbert was playing with broken ribs all of last season. So imagine, just imagine what he could do healthy. I I love Justin Herbert. He's my first quarterback I'm targeting. If I'm not getting Allen or Hertz, Um, DeAndre Hopkins goes next right after that. And then on the turn, DJ Moore and George Kittle. So tight end again, tight ends are starting to fly off the board as well. Jerry Judy going right before you, Matt. So, again, you're in a pretty, you know, balanced team. You've got your quarterback. You've got two solid running backs and two solid receivers. Where do we go here? Yeah, I mean, I was really hoping that those those two wide receivers that went uh, as far as uh, – I'm not really interested in DeAndre Hopkins this year, but DJ Moore and Jerry Judy are two guys I, I would love to have as my wide receiver three in a weekly flex play. But those guys went, and I just don't – if we're talking taking some risks here, because I've got a bunch of, I think, make or break kind of players sitting here in front of me. Drake London and Christian Watson, as far as the wide receivers go, I just, I think Christian Watson had his breakout last year on a heavy, heavy touchdown reliant uh, run of, of 60, 50 yard touchdowns, which I don't know if those are going to come as frequently with Jordan Love. Drake London, Desmond Ritter, that's all I have to say. I have no <laughs> faith. It's the <laughs> same it. thing. Drake London broke out at the end of last year, too, but it was when Kyle Pitts wasn't on the field. Um, and I just don't think that – not that Kyle Pitts looked bad this past pre, this past preseason game. Uh, he did not look great. So I am going to take – if we're getting out again, we're out of the fifth round, I'm ready to take some risks here. So I'm going to go back to the running back. Well, as much as my plan has changed from the top of this show, I really like the chances of J.K. Dobbins coming back and finally being Ooh. healthy. I, it's super interesting. I, I, the other one I could take here would be Miles Sanders, new opportunity in Carolina. I don't like that he's already questionable. Though. I don't like that he's already got a groin injury as a running back. Um, and we pretty much saw his peak potential last year with the Eagles. I don't know how well he's going to do being a bell cow back uh, down in Carolina. I'm just taking the chance on that new Todd Munkin offense. These are the kind of things, you know, targeting offenses that have changed. So, you know, Baltimore being one with the new OC, Washington being one with the new OC, uh, L- LA, again, the Chargers, as we said, even Denver is, is a chance to be different from last year. So these were looking for new opportunity, some things that could change. Uh, I'm going to take J.K. Dobbins here for my third running back. Yeah, part of the reason I'm a little bit skeptical on J.K. Dobbins, you're, you're definitely right by characterizing him as a little bit of a, of, a, of a target risk, but the reward could be high. Yes, he has a huge upside with yards per carry, but typically – in the past, if we study running backs, if you are not breaking out by year four, you're typically not breaking out at all. And I know he's been injured in a lot, but injuries are injuries, you know. And, and at the end of the day, do you have to factor that in? I I can see your argument targeting a new offense 
So that is a very compelling argument, but I, I probably wouldn't be a guy that I'm really looking forward to. Drake London, I completely agree with you. He goes right after that. I'm not targeting him either. Alexander Madison, right after that. Okay, go ahead. Another guy that fits into I, – I didn't even mention him, but he kind of fits that same Miles Sanders, J.K. Dobbins, Alexander Madison. He's getting the lead role now, so I think he he could have definitely been a consideration there for me. Who I like, but I just like Dobbins a little bit more. Okay, fair enough. Uh, again, I think there's a massive drop-off at this position once it once it goes. So uh, I think it's now time to pull the uh, pull the chain on this. I think I have to take Trevor Lawrence here. I, I think this is the spot. I, as you know, am huge on Trevor Lawrence. Uh, if I was, you know, putting down MVP odds, he would be a guy that I would immediately look forward to because of the division that division that he plays in. Because he's getting an elite level talent in Calvin Ridley. Uh, I am definitely going to be targeting him as a quarterback. I do think he has the ability to be up there with the Justin Herberts in terms of uh, passing yards, passing touchdowns. I think he takes the leap. We got to remember this guy was, you know, one of the highest lead, highest touted uh, prospects in a long time, really in the last 20 years. And I think he'll live up to the billing this year. Yes, it's a little bit of a risk. I could have taken some more upside on running backs, but I think I've, no way he would have gotten back to me, I feel like. And really there's a huge drop-off in quarterback talent after him uh, in this draft. So I'm going to take Trevor Lawrence here at the five spot. Miles Sanders after him, Chris Godwin, and then Cam Akers right before lose spot. Uh, we we are back on the turn. I don't like this turn, I'll be honest with you. I, I got the wait forever. Yeah, this is just, I feel like, I don't even like who's at the top of the draft here. But So I need another running back. I got to do it. I got to reach for who I want. And I have a decision to make between James Conner and DeAndre Swift. Swift is kind of sharing carries in the backfield for Philly, plus how many touchdowns is Jalen Hurts going to have. Uh, so I'm going to take James Conner in Arizona because who knows what's going on with that offense. The only thing we know is that they're probably going to run the ball a lot. Uh, and then second, I'm going to take my tight end, and it's between Dallas Goddard and Darren Waller. Mm. And Daniel Jones got a lot of money out there in New York for throwing, what, 15 touchdowns? I I think Darren Waller's got to be the play. I think that's where we have to go. Goddard is fantastic, too. I mean, the difference is, I mean, their you know, projected points is like one point off, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, you could take Alvin Kamara if you don't like yourself. Um, yes, that'd be fine. Uh, but we're going to take Darren Waller on the turn here at tight end. We're going to fill out that that full starting roster other than one flex spot, depending on what your league is formatted at. But, yeah, that's that's what we're doing. Matt, Waller, a target for you at tight end. No, I don't like him at all. Nobody used to stake me on Darren Waller. There's no reason to take him. I said it last week. I said it last week. Yeah, like, I mean – I. The talk out of camp is that he is just the guy for Daniel Jones, and we know how bad the wide receiver room is. So he's the only he's he's an elite talent that is going to get a ton of targets. I agree. I agree. I'm all in on Darren Waller. If he's there, I think I think in that seventh, eighth round, I think you got to grab him. Dalvin Cook goes next. Lewis uh, followed by Alvin Kamara and DeAndre Swift. So here to me, I, I think this is a pretty easy choice for me. I've been kind of uh, realizing. That running backs, yes, early, you're going to need to take them at least in the first four rounds. But I, in these middle rounds, I've been targeting wide receivers. I want to build those wide receivers, the elite wide receivers, because in this spot, I feel like running backs 
are capped pretty good at the ceiling. I think the receivers have a much better upside. And I love this guy. I know you mentioned it before, but I love him. I think Christian Watson has a big breakout year this year. I know that he was touchdown dependent in a very short amount of time in this area. Uh, I think it was like from week six to week 10, he had like seven touchdowns and that was it. He did not score. I think it was week 14. He did not score. He had all of his touchdowns in a very confined space in uh, last season. I think Christian Watson as a number one receiver, I've loved him since he came out of college. I think this is an opportunity for him and Jordan Love. And I'm big on the Packers, as you know, him and Jordan Love to really make a lot of connections. I like what I've seen from him and Dobbs as well. I'm going Christian Watson. Kyle Pitts goes right after him. And then Mike Williams, who Matt, I know you would have probably loved to have matched him up with Justin Herbert. Yeah, I was absolutely going Mike Williams. I'm getting snaked by team seven currently. Uh, they are just, <laughs> they're just biting my tail. Uh, because I thought the two best wide receiver value, again, after surprisingly going three running backs in the first six rounds, which isn't usually my game plan, uh, the two wide receivers I liked that were coming up were Tyler Lockett and Mike Williams. I already had DK Metcalf, so I'm not really feeling like Tyler Lockett is going to be a good pick for my team. Uh, but again, I think he is locked in for a thousand yards. Uh, he's always, he's constantly just the wide receiver 15, 16 every year. He's getting drafted as like the wide receiver 25 now. So I, I don't know. There's still a top end passing offense. So if I didn't have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett's absolutely the pick here. I'm looking at tight end, but I'm going to play the risk that Dallas Goddard gets back to me as I'm only two, you know, four picks away, but team 10 has a tight end. So I really only got two picks to dodge here that team nine doesn't take Dallas Goddard. This might be scrolling down the ADP list a little bit, but another guy similar to Tyler Lockett, that's just been doing it. And I know we got some, some quarterback worries this year, but Mike Evans is just mm. one of the best upside guys at this point in the draft for a guy that is just a, Double-digit touchdown maker. It, it constantly a thousand yards and double-digit touchdowns throughout his career. I'm going to take Mike Evans. Baker Mayfield's just going to need to chuck that ball up to him and hope he can come down with a couple of them. It's super high volatility, but again, we're at that point in the draft where I'm looking for guys that can go off and really boom in a week. And I'll get quickly to my next pick as I get oh, yeah. lucky. Uh, Javante Williams, Christian Kirk, D Deshaun Watson, and Brandon Ayuk go around the corner. None of those names were Dallas Goddard, which brings him back to me. Uh, one of the better offenses in the NFL, I will take him now in the eighth round. I, I love that. To me, if I was drafting, I feel like maybe I would maybe take Dallas Goddard and then Mike Evans. But if you feel that strongly about Mike Evans, this is something that uh, is a point of that I wanted to bring up was if you feel really strongly about a player that you feel like you need to have him, like, and maybe Mike Evans isn't a need-to-have guy, but you're right. Mike Evans with Tom Brady was awesome. But he was also awesome with Jameis Winston. He was also awesome with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And now he's got Baker Mayfield. There's not a lot of discrepancy between those quarterbacks. Uh, I think he's going to be a huge upside in the, in the red zone with them having tight end issues. I, I love that pick. I, again, I would have taken probably a, a, around later. But if you feel convicted, I, I'm all for that pick. I like that pick a lot. That was just playing the ADP game as saying there's only there's only one team that's going to have two picks with to take a tight end. The team 10 already had one, so I just felt better about him getting back to me than Evans getting back to me. Okay, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, goes right after Dallas Goddard. Rashad White, interesting. He's probably a really debatable running back, goes right after that. All right, so I've got a decision to make. I've got four receivers now and a running back. Uh, lots of receivers still on the board for me. Uh, but and, and then there's running backs, too. There's guys I'm targeting, too. I think for the sake of this, you know, I love Tyler Lockett. I think he's, you know, obviously, you know, been productive. 
I'm going to take a shot as well. This is going to be really my first shot. I am going with a guy that became the first receiver in the history of the league to have 85 catches and zero touchdowns. I'm going with Deontay Johnson uh, as my receiver here. I think that there's absolutely positive regression coming for him because there's just no way that he can have that many targets and not catch one touchdown pass. I think Kenny Pickett's going to be way better. I love the way the Steelers are looking. I know people are super high on George Pickens, but I still think Deontay Deontay Johnson is is the most crafty route runner, going to be more of a safety blanket. Pickens is going to be more of a downfield threat. I think Johnson in the end zone has to come uh, full throttle this year. And I know Tyler Lockett's there, but again, he's an older player. I want to target younger players that I feel like can, can get exactly where he is. I'm in with Deontay Johnson there at this next spot, Matt. And then Tyler Lockett, Michael Pittman, and George Pickens go right after that. Yeah, the touchdown upside for Deontay Johnson, like I, he can't possibly go with zero again. So I, I think that, I mean, he he's two years removed from being the wide receiver, I think eight or nine in PPR. Obviously, he's a very high volume catch guy. Um, but again, even in half PPR and get him five touchdowns, like, you know, I think he's going to be good for a good year. Lewis, on the turn, he just took Darren Waller. He's got his two running backs. Does he dare go for another one? I have no idea what to do now. I don't like this one spot. I will tell you again. Uh, so we're just going to go take David Montgomery out of Detroit because that seems like a high-powered offense that's going to score a lot of points. Interesting. Uh, and then, well, honestly, shoot. We play a, a wide flex spot, which is wide receiver, running back, tight end. I'm going to take Evan Ingram. In Jackson, I'm going to take two tight ends. That's what I'm going to do. When you got a a multiple-player flex spot like that, you can play two tight ends every week. Who knows? That might be the way to go. Touchdown dependent. I was going to take your boy Jahan Dotson, but I I want to leave him for you in case you wanted to talk about him. I know Danny loves Jahan Dotson. Oh, my gosh. loves Jahan Dotson. I love Jahan Dotson. Loves him. I want everybody to know before we draft that Dan loves Jahan Dotson. I absolutely am in love with him. Uh, Matt, I'm in a super pickle here because there are so (laughs) many players now that I really, really want at this spot. Well, the fact that James – just to say, Lou, I I like David Montgomery. I think he outperforms. He's in the Jamal Williams role. It's punching it in from the goal line. You know, as much as Jameer Gibbs is in town, I think that short yardage situations, Montgomery – uh, James Cook would have been immediately. He would have been a smash I was going to say, yeah. I, I, I thought it was Oh, yeah. no. I already have Josh Allen. I got Josh Allen already. He's going to steal all the. He's not, he's gonna well, not for, not for you specifically, but I would have absolutely. Yeah. You're going to get every rushing touchdown that the Bills score this year if you take James Cook and Josh Allen, though. I mean, that's like, you're going to get every single one. I know, Dan, I think you like him. You guys are that James Cook. James Cook? I think yeah. he's so yeah. ready for a breakout year this year. The, the, the drum beating camp is that he is the guy. He's out all three downs. And that's the only thing that we've been missing from Buffalo running backs is consistency and knowing when able to start them. I think that James Cook is ready for that role. He could pass catch. He could pass block. Um, I, I am very high. Talk about, again, going zero RB or hero RB. A lot of drafts I can get James Cook as my RB2 after having four wide receivers, a quarterback, and a tight end. I mean, that is such, an, it's such a good start for a draft for me in my book. But yeah. go ahead, Dan. I, there's two guys staring me in the face. Two guys staring me, three guys staring me, but – uh, so basically, when I'm looking at tight end, I still need a tight end. Pat Fryermuth is now kind of off the board for me, unfortunately. I, it's either Deontay Johnson or Pat Fryermuth probably for me if I'm taking a Steeler, and, and I can't take Fryermuth now. So tight end, I'm pretty much out on, and I'll, and I'll punt it a little bit. Pacheco went, James Cook went, Jackson Smith and Jigba went. 
So now there are these two receivers just staring me right in the face between Jahan Datsun and Jordan Addison. I, I'm I'm really, really kind of it's it's I'm having a hard time. Unfortunately, though, it also means that I'm really punting on running back here. So I haven't taken a running back in a while. I think I'm going to punt anymore. I think I'm going to still punt, though. I, I think there's some guys down the list that I can take. I'm going to stick with him. I'm going to stick with my guy. I'm going to stick Jahan Dotson. I'm going to play it safe. He's a guy that I love. He's a guy that I know. He's a guy that I trust. And I think with that offensive line of Washington, running the ball is going to be a problem. I think they'll be chucking some balls up, and Jahan Dotson is going to really benefit from those. Plus, I believe Terry McLaurin had a small injury last night. So I'm all in on Jahan Dotson. Yeah, I was going to say Terry McLaurin going down a, a, a some turf toe, I believe, is the is the call. So that's there, you know, four to six weeks. And that just kills me because, again, not that I wasn't targeting, you know, I, I'm not really targeting Terry McLaurin. But I mean, man, Jahan Dawson's ADP is only going to go up now and getting him in this, these, you know, the late eighth or early ninth has been such a good, you know, practice for me in mock drafts. But I am going to go quickly to the podium here with my pick. I think Jordan Addison yeah. uh, is so primed and ready for a role. I mean, great buzz out of camp coming out of him. He steps into the number two role in, in, in uh, Minnesota where the Vikings throw the ball a ton. Adam Thielen got 107 targets last year and they, those are vacated and gone. And he also was not very good at running routes uh, in last year. He was very slow. Now you've got a super hyper-athletic guy in Jordan Addison who is going to be able to get open and get separation at a much better rate than Adam Thielen uh, and probably do a lot more with 100 targets as a rookie. I think that he is going to be a smash pick this year um, as long as he can stay healthy. He's already got a concussion problem, which is what comes with a, a smaller wide receiver. Um, he is kind of a Devonta Smith type Jordan Addison. But I think that, again, Devonta Smith proved that Sometimes you could just ball, and it doesn't matter how small you are. This dude's just got skills, and he can absolutely ball. So I think that he is going to have a great year. Go ahead. He's he's the most athletic rookie receiver I've seen so far, without yeah. question. I, he's he's the, my favorite of the guys that I've seen. Before him, A.J. Dillon and Rashad Penny. Then you take Jordan Addison. Traylon Burks, Zach Charbonnet goes off the list. Interesting name. Antonio Gibson then goes off in the turn. And then Quentin Johnston of the Chargers. Again, another Chargers receiver so now you're back in here matt uh we're going mike evans dallas goddard jordan addison the last three picks yeah and and now once we're you know, we're in around 10 i think this is where you start to throw adp out the window a little sure. bit i think you start just taking your guys and i'm gonna again i think i like my starting roster i end up grabbing three running backs i'm pretty happy with them so i'm gonna grab i think there's only a few wide receivers left that really i can see have that i that opportunity to pop Gabe Davis is one of them, but I think he's going to be very boomer bust. He, you're never going to know when to start him. He's going to have six good weeks, and the other weeks are going to be miserable, and you're not going to want to use him. If we're buying into this Baltimore offense, and we're buying in, some receivers got to step outside of Mark Andrews, and I'm going to take another rookie wide receiver here, and I'm going to take Zay Flowers because I think that he, if you if you think that this Ravens offense is going to be better and they're going to be able to throw the ball more under Todd Munkin, one of these wide receivers has to step up, and it's either going to be Zay Flowers, OBJ, who I am not in on at all, um, or Rashad Bateman, who has just constantly had injury problems. So I'm going to take the risk on Zay Flowers. I like that pick. Uh, uh, me, I'm kind of a little bit more on Rashad Bateman, but I, I agree with you. The injury thing does kind of scare me. I think Zay has been the most explosive guy, at least what you're hearing from camp. So I like that one. David Njoku goes next. Brian Robinson, 
To me, Brian Robinson is a target, but I am worried about that Washington line. He is not a target over this next guy, though. I am going with the second-best running back on the Chicago Bears, Khalil Herbert, uh, is going to be my guy. I'm taking him. Uh, I think he's been fantastic so far. And I love that they're using him in the run game. or the, I'm sorry, the pass game. I, I love that they've been, been doing that in preseason. It shows me what they're doing in preseason in a lot of this. They're not bringing Deontay Foreman in, in at that third down uh, role. They've kept Khalil Herbert in the game. If you watch the games, I really like the upside you can get with Khalil Herbert matching up with Justin Fields going for it. Uh, I'm all in on Khalil Herbert as my third running back that I'm taking in round 10. So uh, pretty late uh, go there. Michael Thomas, Kadarius Tony, and Brandon Cooks go off the board next. Lou. Uh, yeah, I don't like any of these guys I'm looking at here. This is the uh, – Who hates this pick? This is the dirty part of the uh, of the draft here. I'm looking at Pat Fryermuth. I already have Evan Ingram and Darren Waller, so we're not taking another tight end. I could take Dak or Tua, who can't throw the ball. Uh, so we got Gabe Davis and Jamal Williams in New Orleans now. And Jamal Williams was the number 13 running back last year, so something to consider. Uh, Juju, Dan's favorite player in the whole oh, league right. in New England. Do not take, do not take uh, Juju. Don't worry. I'm not going to. <laughs> you, yeah, don't. you don't worry your pretty little face, all right? I'm not taking <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster at this point in the draft. Uh, so I think I just kind of have to go. I got to go Jamal down in New Orleans, all right? I need another running back. Okay. We're going to stack up on the running backs. Uh, this is tough. This is where you just really look at what's the value in the flex position. I don't want Juju. Macaroni Jones isn't take a swing. Take a swing. Take a swing. I'll take, the, I'll take the defense. You want me to take a swing? Uh, oh no! Oh, don't be that. Don't be that guy. I'm not going to be that guy. No, we're we're going to take uh, we're going to take Gabe Davis in Buffalo. That's that's what we're going to do. Okay. We're just going to fire off I, I think value positions. Yeah. I was going to say, I just think that's a perfect little microcosm of, again, where we're getting in these later rounds. Like, Juju Smith-Schuster is like, he's a fine NFL player. Like, he's going to have, you know, 70 catches on this year. But, like, I don't see that offense him be getting a, a ton of chance to be super explosive, to have a ton of touchdown upside. Versus Gabe Davis, again, is so, in that high-powered offense where Josh Allen's going to throw the ball a ton. He's got 500 attempts this year. And Gabe Davis is that deep shot. Like, he's the guy that you could put him in your flex play and he gets two touchdowns that week and wins your week. I just don't know if you have really any of those weeks at a Juju. I, I, I love a guy like that later in the draft versus versus Juju. I think Juju's lost his step. He looks he looks slow. He looks real slow. I don't even know how much he's really going to impact the offense. That's, that's my opinion. Uh, here's a real heavy target guy of mine. This is a real heavy target guy of mine that I really, really like. Round 11, it might be a little early, but I'm going to take a swing. He was top five in yards per route run last year for fantasy purposes, which is a huge stat when you talk about fantasy. Elijah Moore is going to be my pick for the Cleveland Browns. I know I have Amari Cooper, but obviously Elijah Moore is not going to just be starting in my lineup every week. Uh, he's really more of an insurance policy here, but I think he's going to take a lot of those slot targets away from David Njoku, who was playing a ton of slot last year, and I think he could be a huge separator i think this guy is super athletic and i love him for uh for for cleveland so i'm going to take elijah moore even though i do have amari cooper i am going to use him as insurance yeah 
I, I do. I agree. Elijah Moore. I mean, he ended up in the doghouse in in uh, New York for his time there. But I mean, he was so explosive his rookie year, uh, and, and I think really still has that opportunity. And then he was hit injuries, and like I said, got, just got put in the doghouse and wasn't used. So he's got great opportunity in Cleveland ahead of him. Uh, believe it or not, for my pick here, I am actually staring down uh, two Broncos. Uh, and huh. this, I'm trying not to. I'm trying to not let last year and the burns. Sometimes you got to break out the aloe vera and you got to put a, some some cream on those burns because you can't. It's a different year and you got to try and separate some things that happen. It's it's a week to week league. It's a year to year league in fantasy. I do need to prioritize running back a little more here. And as much as Javante Williams is looking like he's going to play week one, it, it he's like aggressively ahead of his timetable for the surgery that he had. So he might be saying he's ready to play, but is he going to look 100? percent and I think Samaji Piran is going to get a ton of pass work all throughout the year this year in Denver. Again, another offense that I can only hope is going to go up uh, from what they were last year. So I need a little bit more running back depth as my RB4. I'm going to take Samaji Piran because, again, I think he's just going to be in that pass catching role and be able to have some some rushing attempts as well. 100%. I 100% think that that could be definitely, again, a good insurance policy guy to have. It's your fourth running back. I think that's solid. By the way, uh, quarterbacks, a lot of them came off the board. Dak, Kirk, Cousins, Anthony Richardson. Aaron Rodgers after Samaji Pirine, uh, Cortland Sutton and Tua. Father Tua in the twelfth round seems like somewhat maybe a little bit of value there. Uh, and then Dalton Schultz going in the twelfth round as well, right below you. So uh, next pick for you, Matt. And again, talk about we're throwing ADP out the window here. Uh, we got two picks left in this draft as far as what we're doing on this show. I'm t- I'm grabbing my guys that I think are going to have chances to go up. I, I've loved Tank Bigsby since he's come in. I, I really, I, I don't think Tien is just, I just don't know. If he's super explosive. He's super athletic. I don't think he's the best between the tackles runner. He actually hasn't caught the ball that well in his in his first couple of years, which really was his specialty uh, in college, what makes him such a weapon. But I think Tank Bigsby has the great chance to win short yardage and goal line work. Again, in a team in Jacksonville, that I think is going to be a really good offense. So uh, this is, again, I, I didn't, I end up taking some running backs early here, but I still love taking these chances late at guys that could be an RB2 or a solid flex play throughout the year. And I think the touchdown upside for Tank Bigsby uh, in, a, in a good offense uh, is just more appealing than these guys ahead of him, you know, Jarek McKinnon and Elijah Mitchell and Damian Harris. Like, I'm going for all or not. And, and if Tank Bigsby doesn't carve a roll out in the first four weeks, then maybe I drop him and, and hunt the waiver wire. But I think that he has potential to carve himself out a role in, in Jacksonville. 100%. I completely agree with that. Tank Bigsby, uh, definitely a chance to get some of those goal line work. Tyler Algier goes off the board next, followed by Juju going off the board. By the way, just so we're clarification, do not draft Patriots outside of Ramondre Stevenson, please. Just just for all intents and purposes, I'm telling you, don't do it. Uh, one of those guys, though, you did mention for me, and I'm going to take his upside because of his pass-catching ability and really that he can really act as more of a receiver than a running back, and that's why I like him, a guy that went off in fantasy last year. I'm going Jarek McKinnon right here. I, I'm going to draft him late. Again, a guy that I'm going to take his upside in the pass-catching game. Hopefully he can catch a few touchdowns uh, in relief, maybe middle of the season with Pacheco doing more of the grunt work. Uh, maybe he sustains an injury or two. Uh, Clyde edwards Hilaire doesn't seem to be ahead of him at this point. He is older, but I like him uh, at this spot because I need a running back. And then Rashad Bateman, Elijah Mitchell, and Jameson Williams, who is – Definitely somebody to keep an eye on, possibly, at least in my my opinion. Yeah, I have a hard time taking to, – to draft a guy to put him on your bench and clog up for six weeks, it's just a little bit too much for me. Around, if he's if he's a waiver wire around week four, 
Uh, but, you know, now he's, he's not even practicing with the team in preseason because he's hurt. So James Williams is a, is a rich, rich investment for me in the actual draft where you're not going to use him to the least seven. Lewis, last two picks here. We'll go through rounds 13 and then we'll be done. What say you on the turn? We'll do it quick. I need another running back. We're going to take Damian Harris out of Buffalo because it seems like he might be the number one in love. You guys love James Cook. I, I yeah, Damian Harris, uh, he's coming. He's fighting. He's fighting for that uh-huh. lead role. I know he's a little injury prone, but I'm just saying. that's uh, you know We're taking shots here at the end of the draft. We're taking shots. We're waiting for injury. That's fine. We're taking running backs. Uh, with the last one, we're going to take another Jet. Alan Lazar, wide receiver. Totally fine. I actually that. really like that pick. I actually really like that pick. That late, Alan Lazar, that feels fine. Like that, that feels fine that late. Yeah. Really feels like the wide receiver, too, for Rodgers could get some goal line work. He's the biggest receiver, one of the biggest receivers in the league. Him and Mike Evans are are, are really uh, contending for that spot. I, I like Alan Lazar, especially in a red zone for Rodgers. Harris, not so much, but, you know, I concur. Uh, Tyler Boyd goes next, Geno Smith, and then Dalton Kincaid. So here we go. I need a tight end. Uh, this is it here for me. I'm going back to the well with my guy, a guy that nobody knew the name, couldn't pronounce his name. I love him. I'm going <laughs> to stick with him. Chig Okonkwo is going to be one of my targets. If I can't get a guy like Friermuth or, or or one of the big guys, the Andrews and Kelsey's or somebody like that in that vein, I'm going to wait. Deep in the draft, Akonko is going to be one of my targets. I got a couple more guys kind of stashed away as, as, as thoughts and figures, but Akonko seems like he had a, a nice year last year and could be, again, another safety blanket for Ryan Tannehill if we're throwing darts. Odell goes next, and then Raheem Mostert, Matt. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm happy this guy made it back to me here. He's another one of my favorite dart throws at the end. Again, if we want to take shots, on guys, we want to take shots on guys uh, in high-powered offenses where there's plenty of opportunity to go around. The Kansas City Chiefs have been – there's talks of the gadget player. Michael Hardman supposed to be last year. Sky Moore was a rookie last year. He didn't end up getting as ton of work as you know some of the hype around him was. But I think that Sky Moore does have the potential to be uh, you know coming out of the backfield, uh, running some of those gadget plays or some end-arounds, stuff like that. And if I want to take a risk on a, on a wide receiver carving out a role, it's with Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback. So uh, I, I think that, again, he's a guy that I think you'll know pretty quickly if he's going to be heavily involved enough that you can actually use him um, in, a, in a week-to-week in a flex spot, uh, and and he'll or it'll be decided early enough that I can just drop him and move on from him. So I, I'm going to take a chance on Sky Moore. All right, that's it. That's his last pick of the draft. Uh, 14, if we go to round 14, we're really picking waiver wire guys at that point. So those are guys that you might drop. You might not, you might take some upside, um, interesting plays that you might consider some different strategies after that. And then round 15 is going to be more than likely our defenses, maybe around 14 is our defense. So that's pretty much it. We'll just go over it. Lou, your team, sir. You want to go through it real quick? Yeah, I'll go through. That's fine. I got Josh Allen. At my starting quarterback, I got Damian Pierce from Houston, James Conner from Arizona. Uh, and then I got Justin Jefferson, Garrett Wilson, Darren Waller, Calvin Ridley, David Montgomery rounding out my second flex position. On the bench, we got Evan Ingram, uh, Jamal Williams now in New Orleans, Gabe Davis, another uh, high-volume touchdown guy, Damian Harris hopefully taking over the spot in Buffalo, and Alan Lazard catching balls from Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Yes. Interesting group. Interesting way you put it together. 
Uh, I kind of like I kind of like my team. Uh, I'm pretty satisfied. I think I got some players that I targeted with having Trevor Lawrence at the top. I think that's a target guy. And then Eckler and Mixon to running backs, CeeDee Lamb and Chris Olave and Amari Cooper, uh, along with Christian Watson, all starting from flex to receiver. I really like that spot. And then Chica Conqua late. Deontay Johnson, Jahan Dotson, Elijah Moore, all guys with huge upside that I feel like can take off. And then Khalil Herbert and Jarek McKinnon rounding out the running backs. Uh, Matty, your team. Yeah, I've got Justin Herbert as my quarterback, running backs, Bijan Robinson and Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, mm. why, yeah, I, that's, I mean, that's some tasty like value that. on Ramondre in the fourth. Uh, Devontae Adams and DK Metcalf with the touchdown upside wide receivers. Dallas Goddard at the tight end position. Uh, J.K. Dobbins and Mike Evans for the flex spot. And then uh, some, some shots on the bench here. We've got a lot of youth and a lot of opportunity coming up. Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, Sky Moore for wide receivers, and Samaj P. Ryan and Tank. Big speed as running backs. That might be the youngest bench ever. I say minus Samaje, who's like, you know. Samaje. He's only 27. Yeah. You know, the beard makes him look a lot older than he is. He's only 27. Definitely. He's had some work done. But, I mean, he's those are all rookies and second-year guys. And and, yep. and especially in the running back position, I, I really like those shots. So, kind of interesting. That was kind of fun. Um, Again, Matt, as you leave, uh, I don't know if you want to let – Anybody know about any waiver wire players you might target or any strategies like you felt like you came out of this clean and what you wanted to do? Yeah, again, I, I do normally try and prioritize uh wide receiver earlier. I almost maybe I'm looking back now. Maybe I don't love taking J.K. Dobbins where I did. Maybe I could have just reached a little bit and, and and grabbed a guy that I liked a little more. I ended up getting a little unlucky with the ADP there. But I do. It does feel like you have a higher floor um, with prioritizing wide receivers early. Again, I think that I think the way Lou sculpted his team out with a super high end quarterback and Josh Allen, uh, three really good wide receivers at the top, and then just taking some value at running backs with guys that are just going to be touchdown upside in Montgomery and Williams and Harris, um, that you could just plug into your wide, your running back two spot and just load the flex up with all solid wide receivers, uh, and, and secure that high end tight end, that high end quarterback. So, I like the team. I, I took some value where I thought I saw it, but I do really like prioritizing, uh, you know, and I was able to get Jordan Addison late and Jay Flowers late, so they could come into those guys. But I, I it does feel like wide receivers here are going to provide you with much more safety and reliability in your first few picks. Awesome. Awesome. I, I, I do agree with you. I think wide receivers seem to be a target of mine. It wasn't interesting. I think the first round is so interesting. Matt, if you have the first – Pick overall. I mean, who are you going with? I'm going to take Jamar Chase. And why? Uh, I think that him and Jefferson are just the two elite talents in the league. And there's just there's something in fantasy. Usually, you don't have the top guy doesn't repeat year after year, you know. And there's just a chance that maybe Jeff. I mean, Jefferson could easily go and be the top guy again. But I think that Jamar Chase has a better chance at like 15. You know, he if there's one guy that could get to like 12 to 14 touchdowns this year or 15 touchdowns, I would take Chase in that over um, over Jefferson. Again, Jefferson, eight touchdowns last year. I think Chase has a much better chance at double-digit touchdowns than he does. And just out of curiosity, this is just kind of a random question. How many players would you be okay with at the number one overall position? I.e., how many players would you actually draft at that spot? <sighs> I get, you know, there's kind of five or six, honestly. Um, I, I think the as far as wide receivers, it's uh, Jefferson Chase. You could take Cooper Cup or Tyreek Hill. Again, Cooper Cup, before he was hurt last year, 
he, he was leading wide receivers points per game, you know, and we have Matt Stafford coming back and hopefully, uh, you know, healed from his shoulder injuries. You have, uh, like I said, Tyreek Hill also is more than capable of just being an absolute freak. And, and when two, if two is healthy for the whole year, they could be the number one passing offense in the NFL. And then you've got Eckler and McCaffrey, who are the only two guys in the league uh, outside of, again, maybe outside shots at Bijan and Saquon that are going to catch like 100 balls. I mean, and McCaffrey and Eckler have caught 100 receptions previously. Um, guys behind them, not some guaranteed to do it. So anytime you get to, you know, a running back that is not only going to carry the ball 250 times, but catch the ball 100 times, you just want an opportunity. I agree. I agree. Uh, one more question, and then we'll get out of here. Tight ends. One, is Travis Kelsey worth the top two or three picks? And if not, what is your opinion on where you would draft a tight end in those first, say, five rounds? I think, again, depending on your league, I think especially where we are in a 10-team league, you really want to have a difference maker at tight end. And I think that there's three three guys, or really two guys for sure, and then two guys that you're taking the chance on to be uh, top three at the position. Travis Kelsey is the just the biggest difference maker at the position. Uh, he's he's going to score 50 to 60 points higher on the season than the secondary tight end, more than likely. Mark Andrews is a tremendous value. I mean, I can talk about the upside of the passing offense in Baltimore. Mark Andrews has always been Lamar's favorite target. He can compete. He was, I want to say, the, yeah, he was the tight end one two years ago, yep. and he actually did beat out Kelsey. So he has all the, the potential in the world to do that. So getting him two full rounds later than Travis Kelsey, middle of the third round, he is a great value. And again, Darren Waller is the other guy. I think Darren Waller is one of the few other tight ends, maybe the only other tight end that I can see catching a hundred balls um, this year. And so getting, getting a, a, you know, a high volume guy like that with a, a ton of touchdown upside, again, with an offense that doesn't have a bunch of red zone threats outside of uh, Daniel Jones himself taking the ball or, or Sa- Saquon Barkley. I think he's the number one passing uh, red zone target for the Giants. So I think those are the three guys that I want as uh, my tight end this year. Uh, other than that, it feels like you are punting at the position a little bit. So if you are going to be punting anywhere, tight end's not that bad, but you don't want to be punting at running back or wide receiver and also punting at tight end. I think you need to, uh, you can only, you got to really pick one position as the draft comes to you to kind of bail on. Yeah. That, that was kind of one of my, one of my, uh, my thoughts going into this was, Really, I'm looking at quarterback or or tight end as one of the positions I kind of feel like I'm either going to punt on or or go up on. I kind of ended up settling on Trevor Lawrence there. I have no problem taking Mark Andrews right on the turn where Lou was. I, I think that would be a great spot. I, if if you ended up with Jefferson, Josh Allen, and Mark Andrews, uh, and Garrett Wilson's a fine pick. I'm not saying it's a bad pick. I'm just saying that I feel like separates you. From the pack is having you have elite tight end, elite receiver, elite quarterback. That right there is your fantasy championship. Yeah, there's just inherently more opportunity for running back and wide receivers to create a role for themselves than tight end. Like tight ends aren't going to just come out of the blue and you know get like a 25% target share or a 30% target share. Like there is a very limited amount of guys that are going to be able to do that. And, and again, I say I have it down to those three and Kelsey Andrews and Waller. So it's just yeah. a matter of taking them where you can, but not getting sniped by the other teammates. You know, again, if, if you wait to take Waller at the very end, I, I end up getting sniped. And I, I have Dallas Cowboy, who I don't think is a bad option, but I don't see him being tight end one in his range of outcomes versus I see Waller, Andrews, and Kelsey all having potential tight end one um, upside. 
completely agree. All right. Well, that's it. And that all Lewis, I mean, you got a chance to draft from one, but you're drafting where seven in our draft. I'm at seven, my friend. I, I already have a strategy for seven. So, you know, I gotta, I gotta stay hush hush with the old strategy. I mean, so, uh, but I, I like hearing what you guys like. I like knowing what, who I got to take a little early so you don't get them. It's uh, you know, it's good fun. It's good fun. It's wholesome. It's uh, family fun. It's like a game of Monopoly. I love it. Yeah, everybody hates each other at the game of Monopoly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anybody, anybody like this is all smokescreen. I don't like any of these guys that I actually said. Uh, I'm not prioritizing them at all. You have no idea who I'm drafting, so don't <laughs> don't hold this with anyone. I am not what taking Josh problem? Allen. It it will not happen. Uh, the the other thing I wanted to say was just this. It's that um, listen. If you got a favorite team, try not to draft too many guys that are in the same division but not on your team because it just <laughs> Sunday miserable. Okay. It makes it – unless you just don't care about your team too much. For years, I would draft Tom Brady being a Jets fan because I know that he's the best, and I would just have to sit there and suffer for two weeks and, you know, root against my team. But it's – you know, just just try to keep that in mind, you know, if you end up with, you know, Josh Allen and Tyreek Hill and you know, Juju somehow for some stupid reason. You're you not going to end up with him. No. Yeah, it, it's just, uh, you know, just uh, just remember at the end of the day, you still got to root for your team. So, you know, it's supposed you to be. You definitely fun. do. That's a good point. I love it. Lou is uh, playing Monopoly. He's putting up rental houses in all of our heads. I uh, don't like it. But come draft day, we're all going to be prepared. Maybe it is a smoke screen. Maybe it isn't. Because I'm picking nine and Matt's picking what? Three? Three. All right. So we never know. And Lou, if Jamar Chase gets to you at seven, by the way, take him, please. You know, oh, like, you know, no, I know. I'm not going to leave him to you. Be smart. <laughs> be smart. We had the he's craziest not, first. We're the only mock draft we did. It's the wildest first round I've seen. Yeah, any he's, not I've done, I've done he, he's not getting there. He's not. Oh, by the way, folks, every mock draft you do, it's not going to go that way. It just it doesn't go that way, all right. You're gonna have one kid with stubby arms that takes a defense in round nine. All right. It's not gonna happen. Okay. It's just, it seems like you know this from experience. One thing you show up before we keep saying I don't know uh, what you're talking about. Yes. Uh, that's, uh, that, that's that's it, and that's all for the fantasy extravaganza. What a way to end it with an exclamation point. We will see you next week. Maddie, get ready, get out the master schedule. It's time to do the NFL predictions. I'm through week 13 already. So uh, I'm behind on my homework. Come on. Get on it. Next week, NFL season predictions, player records, team by team, MVP picks, Super Bowl picks. Have it all on paper, on record for the people to see. Let's do it. It's, I mean, it's the time to lay down the predictions. Football is right around the corner. We got hard knocks coming out right after we finish this recording. We're in it. Fire it up. I'm targeting Mondre. Live it up 38. Can't wait for, uh, for our fantasy draft. But we'll see you next week for the NFL season prediction show. For Lemon Pepper Lou Paracona and our wonderful co-host, our fantasy expert, Matty Ice, Matty C, Matt Silberth, King Kamish. I'm Dan Zimpala. We'll see you next week on the Sunday Card. The Sunday Card Podcast is co-hosted and directed by Dan Zimpano, co-hosted by Matt Silbreth, and produced by Lou Paracone. 
You can listen to The Sunday Card on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also listen to us on Sports Country Radio at sportscountry.net at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and again at 11.30 a.m. on Sundays. Follow us on Twitter for all of our picks throughout the regular season at The Sunday Card. And remember, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.